Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me on this live edition recorded of The Shalene Show. I'm with my friend Sean Stevenson. Really excited to be here with him today. You know Sean because he's been a regular featured guest, whether he's been on my show or me referring to him, because he's really someone who's helped bring awareness to how important sleep is to your health. And what I love about Sean and his show, The Model Health Show, is we share a common belief about health. Yeah. That it's so much more than working out. Absolutely, yeah. And you're here today to help understand fat loss isn't just about your workout mm-hmm. or your nutrition. It has a lot to do with your habits. Yes, absolutely, yeah. How you start your day really does play a huge role on what your metabolism does. So can't wait to talk about this stuff. Which is crazy. So I hope you have a pen and a piece of paper. I do. These are the little things. It's like the little things yeah. that people don't realize. They all add up. Every decision yeah, that we make has an impact on our health. Yeah. So we want to talk to you about your morning routine. I think a lot of people, that's a very stressful time for them. Definitely. you know, Especially if you have kids. Oh my goodness. you know, Forget about it. you know. But it's really how we start our day is for a lot of us is in panic mode, yeah, you know, and we really miss out on the fact that, you know, how you start your day sets the tone for your entire day. But just a pre-caveat, yeah, a great morning starts the night before, which we talked about in your show. We'll put that in the show yeah. notes, yeah. you know, talking about your sleep quality. But I want to share with you today, we're going to go through the six F's that you can utilize to really maximize fat loss, maximize your productivity, maximize the function of your brain, and just keep it together yeah. through the day. So it's I love really this. Good. Yeah. So let's get right to it. Awesome. Let's awesome. get to the good stuff. What's awesome. your first tip for us? So the first one, and this is going to probably blow your mind. I know it blew my mind. It's a tip I've been sharing for many years, but now it's becoming a lot more pervasive. A lot of health experts are grabbing onto it. And for the six F, so this one is fuel your circulation. Mm-hmm. All right, fuel your circulation. And this is taking advantage of this really cool thing called water-induced thermogenesis. All right, water-induced thermogenesis. This is simply drinking water in the morning is going to help you burn more fat through the day. Mm -hmm. All right, and I'm going to explain exactly how this happens. And so when you wake up in the morning, this is the time that for a lot of us, we're the most dehydrated. We've gone, you know, somewhere around maybe seven or eight hours for some crazy people, maybe three hours, Mm -hmm. you know, via sleeping that we haven't consumed any water. But your body's expelled and utilized a lot of water to kind of go through all the metabolic processes of just sleeping. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of metabolic waste and also just breathing. You're expending a lot of moisture. And when you wake up in the morning, you're in a state of dehydration. And you probably notice this when you go pee. And the pee is kind of more concentrated. Mm-hmm. All right? And so by you going within the first five minutes and grabbing yourself, I recommend between 16 ounces and maybe 24 ounces of water. Oh, we are on point. And there's a reason why. There's a reason why. So this was in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. They took test subjects, 14 people, seven women, seven men, and they had them to consume about 16 ounces of water and track what happens with their fat loss, all right? And so by them simply drinking 16 ounces of water just within a couple of minutes, they increased their metabolic rate by 30%. Wow. And they burned about 24 extra calories just from drinking water. And so people hear it all the time, you know, you need to drink more water to lose weight. Well, this is why. It's not just the fact of like one one of the components, and I'm a, you know, geek about this stuff, is your body is heating the water up to your body temperature. But that does not mean to drink colder water. It's not going to make a difference. Ideally, it's room temperature water. Mm -hmm. And it's going to heat it from maybe 70 degrees up to 98.6. So there is a little burn there. But more so, when you drink that water, it starts to improve your lymphatic fluid. Mm -hmm. It starts to improve your cerebral spinal fluid. 
your neurotransmitters, they all are moving through your body on this kind of water superhighway. All right, mm-hmm. so when you're dehydrated like you are in the morning, all that stuff starts to get gummed up. All right, so it basically turns your metabolism up by getting all the systems, opening up those tiny little alleyways and making them super six-lane highways, if that makes sense. Yeah, that is great. You know, I was looking for research because we've heard it for so many years that you should drink warm lemon water. And I could only find anecdotal, basically, reports from people who suggested this to their clients for so many years. I couldn't find any research on that. Do you know, is there research that says you're supposed to drink warm water? I've looked looked for that for several days, actually. And I'm very, very good about finding research. And by the way, anything that I say, you can triple check me, go to Dr. Google. (laughs) Um, But I also, the thing that makes me different is I look for the negative as well. A lot of people just want to find something to affirm what they believe. You know, and so I've gotten over myself and found out, like, is there some kind of counterpoint to that? And so as far as the warm water versus cold water, there isn't any conclusive research. Right. You know, so but what the researchers in this particular study mentioned was just drinking. Drink the water. Yeah. Drinking water however you can. Well, yeah, whatever it takes to drink that water. I love that. Really important. And how is it you trigger that habit for yourself, if you don't mind? Because I'm the habit girl and I love to You know, we hear these recommendations. It's like, how do you make that brainless? Yeah. For me, I placed the night before three water bottles on my sink. Mm. And awesome. for me, it's like, okay, I'm starting my day knowing I need to drink all three of these before I go to bed. Yeah. And each one is about 25 ounces. So I know the first one I'm going to drink before I leave the bathroom. Like, so mm-hmm. that's why I'm brushing my teeth and mm-hmm. taking my supplements and, you know, putting on my lashes and such. Yeah. And then I take the other two downstairs with me. How what do you we call it? that is an activation trigger. Mm-hmm. So something that when you go into a certain part of your house, maybe there's an instant behavior. Yeah. And our mutual friend, Michael Hyatt, talks about this. Even him ending his workday, he has his lights set on a timer. So he has to be done working by 5 p.m. or it's just going to get turned off anyways. Right. And so by you doing that, for me, it's just personally when I get out of bed, I, you know, I I go pee and then I walk into the kitchen Mm -hmm. and I just get water. It's your environment that triggers it. Um, But for you, and I love that idea of just even having it set up, maybe it's by your nightstand, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, whatever works for you, you know, you got to experiment. But for me, I just, it's just part of me. I've been doing this for 15 years. Take us to your second tip. All right. Second tip is to feed your mind. All right. This is the second F. Just something to really keep you centered on how powerful you are, to remind you that you know, you're not alone, to remind you when things are going on, going crazy around you, to give you some positive feedback, a positive message to start your day. I think it's really, really important. And there's this whole blossoming field of positive psychology now that didn't exist when we were in school. And it's looking at just how much our environment and things of that nature can influence our decision. So one of those things um, that I like to talk about, they're called mirror neurons, all right? So these are recently discovered. These are in all of our brains. And these neurons literally mimic or kind of create a simulation program based on what you're exposed to. And so if you're watching a movie, these mirror neurons are simulating programs as if you're in the movie, all right? This is why it feels so visceral. This is why we have so much emotion. Mm. We're just talking with Brett. If he's talking about football, if he's at a football game, (laughs) he can feel it, right? And we all have had this happen before. So just be mindful of that. And in the morning, I think it's a good idea to get yourself immersed in something that really helps to uplift you. It's auditory as well. So if you're listening to something, there's a part of your brain simulating you doing the talking. Mm. This is how we come to actually learn behavior and learn language. You know, kids, we don't necessarily like tell them. Like my son, Brayden, who's with us as well. And adorable. So cute. He just says the craziest things. It's just like, how do you know that? And he just like picked it up somewhere from something I said or something that he might have listened to in a podcast. Yeah. You know, when we were driving, I, I, 
I asked him like, what's her name? You know, when he met Shalene, he was like, I don't know. But he was like, Shalene Johnson, Shalene <laughs> in the car, like we're going to see Shalene Johnson. <laughs> and so, yeah, so keep that in mind that this isn't just like airy fairy talk. Yeah. Your mirror neurons are going to be operating. And in the morning is a good, good time to really get you in a place where you can set the tone for your day by getting some positive information into your mind. Can you give us some examples of things that you wouldn't feed your mind first thing in the morning and maybe even some examples of what you start with? Absolutely. So ideally, and I know this is tough, it's probably not the best idea to go right to your cell phone, especially if you get notifications. It might be you know, texts, it might be emails, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden your agenda becomes other people's agendas. It's Amen. no longer what you want to do and your goals you want to accomplish. You can start your day putting out fires. I've had this conversation with so many people who are uber successful and you'd be surprised how many people actually abide by that. Like they yeah. just stay off their phone and they handle their business first. They do their self-care first. So some things you want to avoid is probably definitely don't turn on the news. All right. It's <laughs> probably not the best thing to feed your mind. Uh, also, again, just checking your phone, checking messages because there's always going to be something. There's always going to be something that somebody wants from you. This is the time to focus on what you need to do. And you know, this isn't easy. I'm not 100% about this. Sure. Because you, know, you might want to check on a, a reply for something you sent out the night before. Yeah. But nine times out of 10, like I'll just keep the phone away from me in the morning. And um, it might call my name a little bit, but I'll go and grab a book. Mm. And I actually, after I drink my water, I'll do some reading mm. to start my day. And yeah. also I get into sometimes, you know, throwing on some headphones and doing a podcast as well. Nice. So. I um, will share what I do. I pick my podcast the night before. Mm. I turn on my Do Not Disturb is a manual setting that doesn't send me any notifications until 9 a.m. So that gives me, like, I like to wake early. And I'll wake up and I spring up out of bed because I cannot wait yeah. to, like, Ooh. listen to your podcast or some of my other favorite podcasters. Sometimes I'll listen to an audiobook or an audio training. I'm glad you said audio because that allows me to keep getting ready and not like stop to read. But I'm glad that you said certain things you might enjoy listening to, but later in the day. Because as we're talking before we started filming, I love listening to true crime podcasts. And I've done this a couple of times where I'll go like, oh, it's such a good juicy part. And I will schedule it to listen to first thing in the morning. And I wake up and it's like, I don't want to hear this right now. It's, Mm. it feels like, negative and scary and I'm like I don't know why but I thought last night I would Mm. want to listen to this and I can't right now I need something uplifting yeah totally I've done the same thing you know and even certain books that I've read yeah you know it just kind of puts me in a different mental state I really want to give myself something positive like we talked about you know feed your mind that's the second F to start your day yes that's beautiful what's your third so the third one is to focus your power all right this is the third F focus your power so what do I mean by this now it is absurd how much information is coming out about the benefits of meditation. Mm-hmm. I want to be clear that there are lots of different flavors of meditation. There isn't just vanilla. All right, This mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have to just sit quietly in a space with the mudra, whatever. Yeah. But um, and no disrespect if that's your, your modus operandi. Right, and I've done that right. for many years. You know, Over about 10 years, I've been meditating every day. But it's evolved over time, you know, especially as you have kids, you know, like they're curveball artists. Yes. Right? So with that said, it's not just doing a meditation, but something meditative. Okay. And so we'll come back to the meditation part because I think it's really important, but also gratitude practice. Mm. This could be something that's meditative for you. And there was a 2011 study and they actually took students and they asked them to write their goals down for the next two months that they want to accomplish. And then they had a control group who basically did something neutral. Then they had two study groups where they consistently listed negative things each day, you know, just problems they're dealing with. And Mm -hmm. then we had another group 
who wrote down things they were grateful for, basically mm. counting their blessings. At mm-hmm. the end of the study, they compiled all the data, and the students who were doing a gratitude practice achieved more of their goals. Mm. All right? And so like, I like things to be really tangible. You know, We know how good it feels to experience gratitude. It's kind of like an antidote for negativity. Yeah, but I want to see, like, is this actually going to help my life? You yeah. Know? And so if you've got goals to achieve, which I know you do, especially if you're a part of Shalene's community, utilizing gratitude really does help to put you in a positive state and to keep you moving forward against resistance. You can't experience gratitude. You can't. And also be sad at the same time. It's yeah. almost impossible. So there's been many times where I feel like something is bothering me. It's usually a relationship, right? Yeah. And I can't focus. I can't think. And it, it's stopping me from working. It's stopping me from being able to focus. Like yeah. you said, it's yeah. you know it's about focusing your power. So... If you're struggling with focus and you don't know why, gratitude is such a simple, easy, doable, one-sentence way to disrupt that pattern. Absolutely. I love that, disrupt the pattern. And uh, speaking of which, just to kind of circle back with meditation. So Mm -hmm. again, I'm a very big student of lexicon and just analytical and looking at the meaning behind things. Mm -hmm. And so one thing, and I think I might have mentioned this last time I was on your show. So the American Academy of Sleep Medicine... They did a study to find out just how effective meditation is for improving sleep. And they actually use insomniacs. So these are people with clinically proven, very, very strong sleep Mm -hmm, issues. mm -hmm. And so what they did was they set them up on a mindfulness meditation for uh, just a a 10-week period. And they tracked all their metrics. And it was crazy. All right. So they improved sleep latency. So they fell asleep faster. Overall sleep time. They improved uh, wake after sleep onset. So they woke up less frequently. Wake after After sleep. sleep Okay, so how well they were sleeping through the night, basically. Right, they weren't waking up as often. And if they did, they fell asleep faster. Okay. And they also improved symptoms of depression as well. And so basically, many of the study participants could have had the label removed of being an insomniac because their their sleep cycles improved so much. Mm. Simply from doing a meditation practice in the morning. All right, so what you do during the day helps to show up for you in the evening, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So and this is one of the big monikers from Sleep Smarter is that a great night of sleep starts uh, the moment you wake up in the morning. If I hear you correctly, you're saying if you struggle with sleep disturbances, if you struggle with sleep in general, it might be better at least to experiment with meditation in the morning. Yes. You definitely don't want to meditate in your actual environment where you sleep. So mm. specifically in I'm your so bed. I'm so glad you said that. All right. Because you want to create a neural association that when you're in your bed, you're sleeping. Hmm. All right. Versus, and you can still maybe meditate in your room if you got like a chair for meditation. Uh, but ideally, you want to do this before you go into the bedroom or definitely before you get into bed. Ah, so. funny story. So <laughs> when I first started getting into meditation, when I was trying to heal my sleep, I found this podcast, not a podcast, I found an audio where I actually didn't find the woman's voice annoying. Like, because that's a big deal. If all you're thinking about is like, I can't handle this person's voice, yeah. you can't relax. So I found this meditation audio and the person's voice was amazing. And I told Brett, okay, we're just going to lay here in bed and just listen to this and see how quickly we can fall asleep. And he was into it. He's like, oh, this is good. And the person's voice was very soothing. And I want you to just relax. And you're melting into your bed. And now you're in an egg. And Brett's like, wait, wait, wait. Why are we in an egg? I'm like, okay, so that didn't work. Oh, that's so funny. Maybe the problem was we shouldn't have been meditating in bed in the first place. Yeah, that's probably the thing. What what would you recommend for someone who's um, trying to experiment with meditations? Should they start with an app, a book? 
Do you have a recommendation for us? Oh my goodness, there's so many. You know, I'm very big on practicality, which Mm. I would think a lot of your audiences as well. There's a great book called Everyday Enlightenment. Okay. And this is by Dan Millman, who wrote The The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And so he brings a lot of practical applications to utilizing spiritual practices, Okay. you know, which is very great for my man brain. Yeah. And there's certain, (laughs) you know, it's got different exercises in there as well. So that's for very practical application. For some folks, just the nature that we have our phones with us all the time, there are some great apps. Everybody yeah. knows about like Headspace and things mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that. But that might, it's just, you have to experiment, right. you know, test it out. But I'd say give it a couple days at least, all right? Because something might be great the first time, and then after two or three times, you're like, ah, I don't yeah. know. Or maybe when you first do it, it's like, you know, it didn't really click for me, but a couple times into it. So give yourself maybe three to five sessions with that particular thing you choose. I'm a big student of if this is something that you're interested in, you should learn from somebody with experience. Mm-hmm. You know, so take a class, yes. go to, you know, a meditation. Like, we've seen this huge wave of like yoga studios popping up that mm-hmm. just did, wasn't a thing. Now, right. I'm telling you, the next thing we're going to see, meditation studios. We talked everywhere. about it yesterday. Yeah. 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 I just did a talk at Google not too long ago, and they've got like the sleep pods and they got the meditation place in their, in their facility. Like, this is big. That's, I'm not going to let my staff hear about that. The sleep pods. Yeah, no way. (laughs) They don't even get bathrooms. (laughs) Need these people working. Just kidding. But what I love about you, because it's kind of the approach you have to sleep. Yeah. Where you know it might not be doable for people. So like even just the gratitude exercise brings about that same type of feeling in the brain. And so you're always giving people like a... Try this, yeah. you know, just just better, not perfect, just better, yes, exactly. which is great. Exactly. So what's your fourth tip for us? All right, fourth one here. So these are the four Fs. So we went through fuel your circulation, mm-hmm. feed your mind, focus your power. Fourth one is fire up your metabolism. Mm. All right, so your body's major kind of fat burning machinery mm-hmm. is your muscle tissue. Yes. All right. So a lot of people know are well aware now that your metabolism is largely controlled by your thyroid, which is located in your throat, this butterfly-shaped gland. But what is the actual machinery that it uses to kind of carry out its mission? Mm-hmm. And muscle has a lot to do with it. It's, it's kind of like an endocrine organ on its own. A lot of people don't realize this. I know that I did it for many years. Muscle is actually like a reservoir, a containment center for anti-aging hormones. Mm-hmm. So this is why folks who have more muscle on their frame tend to age better. That's right. And they also tend to come back faster, look younger, come back faster from injuries and all these great things. And so I want you to keep that in mind. Now, why is this your body's fat-burning machinery? Well, muscle is very expensive for your body to carry around. All right, It it burns off a lot more more calories just having it on your frame. And so what we want to do is take advantage of that first thing in the morning, making this a part of your day. And you get this also the... um, post-exercise oxygen consumption as well. So basically what this means is you're burning more calories through the day if you exercise in the morning, all right? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying you can't exercise if you're after work exerciser or whatever the case might be, but get a little bit in the morning to get your metabolism at a different level and utilize all the benefits that that brings. So let's talk about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. So what does this look like? This could be the time that you hit the gym. This could be the time that you break out and do the payo. This could be the time that you, even if you've got four minutes, and do some Tabata. Okay. Right? So high-intensity interval training is super hot right now. I've been teaching this for almost 15 years. And They're just catching on now. Yeah. Congratulations, everybody. <laughs> um, but four minutes, and this is Tabata. This was a Japanese scientist, and he actually yeah. tested this. So they're in the lab. We're taking muscle biopsies and seeing does this actually work. Like, can I actually get a good workout in four minutes? You mm-hmm. can absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, it mm-hmm. can kick your butt. 
So what this looks like is 20 seconds of exercise followed by 10 seconds of rest. And just repeat that for a total of four minutes. Mm -hmm. And you can- 20 seconds of exercise or of the highest intensity exercise? Whatever, whatever exercise. Okay. So this could be burpees, that's intense. Yeah. Or this could be body weight squats. Okay. You could combine it, maybe you do upper body for the first 20, lower body for the second. That's what I really like to do. So mm -hmm. body weight squat and then a push up, and body mm -hmm. weight squat and push up. It just really depends on you, you know? And there's different, as you know, especially with Shaleen, there's different ways to do all of this stuff, mm -hmm. all right? So there's no excuse not to even get that four minutes in. Personally, what I love to do to fire my, my metabolism is use a rebounder. Oh, right? sure. So most yeah. mornings I'm jumping on my little mini trampoline and this is like like literal rocket scientists say that this is the best form of exercise. Yeah. For All right, so this is something NASA's been utilizing because of the G-force that's created. When you come down on the trampoline, your cells are getting an impact that's heavier, significantly heavier than just your normal walking around. And when you elevate off the rebounder, but you don't actually have to come, your feet can stay on there. It's called a health bounce. That's right. But when you come up, you're essentially, in a, in a way, weightless for a moment. And it's making your cells, all the cells in your body and your tissue matrix do like little push-ups. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's wonderful for your lymphatic system as well. Tony um, Robbins does it before he takes the stage. Yeah, so cool to see. Yeah. Like, I literally seen him do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's, it's pretty I awesome. just want to say to uh, the women who are listening that when you think of a trampoline, you think about your last delivery. Mm. Like, it's not comfortable for a lot of women to jump. But it's different on the rebounder because the impact isn't felt in your joints. You don't yeah. feel it the same way you do when you're jumping on a hard surface that doesn't bounce back with you. So while there are so many benefits you just suggested and, and how important that is for our bones and bone strength and blood flow and circulation, it feels really good. It's fun. And like I will run on my rebounder and that doesn't hurt my knees. It doesn't hurt my back. Yeah. So it's a wonderful way to have a high impact workout. I'm sorry, high intensity that's mm -hmm. low impact. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you just heard, that's a huge stamp of approval if Shalene Johnson says it's good. <laughs> so uh, please understand. And there's so many different options as far as the trampolines. I would highly recommend personally to get something with the bungees versus the springs. Unless it's created really, really well. Yeah. Which that's going to get into something higher end. So you can Price get something matters. that are a little bit, yeah, a little bit less expensive with a bungee. Mm -hmm. uh, so just, you know, do your research, check that out. But bottom line, fire up your, your, your metabolism. Take advantage of this because with post-exercise oxygen consumption, you're going to be burning more calories through the day if you simply do a few minutes of exercise in the morning. Each one of these stacks on top, each one of them is something small that you go, oh, I don't know if I'm noticing that big of a difference. But man, when you stack these things and there's no excuses to write a gratitude statement takes 30 seconds. Yeah, you just exactly. said, great if you can hit the gym, but if not... Come on, you've got four minutes. Exactly. You've exactly. got four minutes. No matter what. What's and, your fifth tip for us? Oh, really quickly? Yeah. You can piggyback these. You know, you can combine them together, right? And make like a bonus sandwich. You could do the exercise while doing your personal development, feeding your mind. For sure. You know? Yeah. So you can consolidate this so that, I mean, my morning routine will look radically different from another person's. Mm -hmm. This could be an hour. For other people, it could be 10 minutes, you know? But you can get these six pieces in, these six Fs and really do something positive. And don't give up, you know, just it keeps searching until the, there's the one that you really look forward to. If you don't look forward to, if you're forcing yourself to do it, it's not gonna stick. Here's you, got, you gotta look forward to it. Dance, dance in the morning. Just put on some music. This is something we actually like to do, we do quite a bit. I record 
a lot of this too on Instagram. So make sure you follow me at Sean Model. With my kids, it's absurd. All right, that we even start the day like this. Your high, the, your son who's in high school, a senior. What's his name? Jordan. Jordan. I'm always seeing Jordan flexing. Oh yeah, he's he, he's all about himself right now. You know, so yeah. So fun. All right, so let's go on to number five. Yeah. So number five is in our six Fs. Number five is to fortify your health. Mm-hmm. And so there's this huge, you know, this is something we've been marketed to that, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And this has kind of been debunked to a Mm -hmm. large degree. Mm -hmm. But here is something that's kind of Captain Obvious, though. The first thing you do eat after this elongated fast, right, this term break fast, you're breaking your fast. Right. So the first thing you do eat is going to hit your system a little bit harder, Mm -hmm. all right, because your body is empty. Yeah, it's empty. It's going through all of these kind of metabolic processes You've got metabolic waste. You've got, you're just cleaner. And so the first thing you eat is going to hit you a little bit harder. So this is the most, for me personally, most important time to get great nutrition in, all right, versus just, you know, what I used to eat, which would be, you know, uh, Captain Crunch or whatever. And so what I would advise you to do is make a smart decision about what you put in your body first thing. Okay. All right. I'm not, I'm definitely not that guy. And Shaleen knows this as well. She's very much the same way. If later on, if you're going to have some fries, if you're going to have some wine, like, I'm not taking that stuff from you, all right? As a matter of fact, I advocate for those things. But it's not just what you do, it's when you do it, mm-hmm. all right? You don't want to start your day eating French fries or drinking wine. All right. right. I know somebody's like, you, you know, you tell yourself, Sean. But um, <laughs> what I would advise you to do is really focus on getting the micronutrients you need, first thing. All right, so what does this look like? We've seen this huge revolution now with like green smoothies Mm -hmm. and juicing, and it's amazing. I'm from St. Louis, so like there's still barely a juice bar there. Mm. There is like there's half of one. Gotcha. Whereas like this is everywhere when you Mm -hmm. come to places like NYC and California. California. But we could take some of those pieces. But what I don't want you to do is to spike your blood sugar. Mm. All right. So when you're doing a green smoothie or green juice, focus on the green. All right. So. We're not getting your insulin spiked because you're actually more insulin sensitive in the morning. So you're going to have an even greater propensity towards storing energy, aka storing fat. All right. So you just need to be mindful about that. So what do I do? I really love, and you've got your coffee here, right? Mm-hmm. So I really love, this is a true story. I didn't drink coffee until about a year ago, like my whole life. I had a sip of coffee I when I was- I now. No, no, I am. I'm huge. I love You've converted now. you? Right. Okay. But I had a sip of my grandma's coffee when I was like maybe four or five. And I was like, I'll never, I'll yeah. never have this again. It's like Sanka. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was Folgers. It was Folgers. And so I was like, I'm done with this. But I started to get this particular coffee. It was a mushroom coffee mm-hmm. uh, for my wife. And she would just be raving about it. She was obsessed with it. And I do like the little mushroom elixirs, but I wouldn't have the coffee. One day I was like, okay, let me see what the fuss is all about. Yeah. And it changed my life. Yeah. All right. So I'm What do you put fan. in your coffee? So... For me, again, I'm doing the mushroom coffee. So mm-hmm. this would have, today I had lion's mane mm-hmm. mixed in its organic coffee. You know, these are things to be mindful of. You don't need to be neurotic about it, but your quality of your coffee, if you can choose, uh, you want to go for something a little bit better so you're not dealing with the pesticides and herbs. It's a very, very treated crop. Yes, it is. And so, Lots of mold. Yeah, organic. And then, so I have lion's mane in my coffee. And so University of Malaya, and this was so fascinating, they did some research and found that lion's mane mushroom actually helped to create, do a process called neurogenesis, mm-hmm. right? Neurogenesis. So that means new creation of new cells for the brain, all right? So literally creating new brain cells 
from cons- mm-hmm. there are very few things that we've discovered that can do that. Right. Especially for folks with a traumatic brain in- uh, injury, they found that this was really helpful for helping them to recover. Wow, right? so, stacking that on top of the fasting. Yeah. Fantastic. And also, I, I blend it with fat. Okay. Right? So that was going to be my question. So there's your macronutrients. So I know a lot of people are like, well, coffee is a meal macronutrients, your body doesn't know whether something is on a plate and considered a meal because it's marketed that way. It just knows macronutrients. So for a lot of people, I think they're like, they see, that's what I do for breakfast Mm -hmm. as I'll do like what I like to call a fat burning coffee, Mm -hmm. you know, or it's, um, it's got a heavy amount of healthy fats in it. Yes. And it's probably got more calories than what I used to eat for breakfast. So it's not that I'm skipping breakfast. I'm just choosing a macronutrient that's high in healthy fats. Especially with uh, certain types of fats like MCTs, mm-hmm. right? These kind of medium chain triglycerides, they actually encourage your body to stay in this kind of, you know, ketogenic is this really popular word today. But, you know, we've been looking at this for decades in right. science. And it's great for, you know, things like folks are dealing with epilepsy. It's like 80% improvement that's for, right. for folks. Uh, also, it's, it is great for fat loss, you know, mm-hmm. but everybody's different. I want you to keep that in mind. For sure. I'm an advocate of the ketogenic diet for some people sometimes, right? It just depends on the person. We're on the same page. But helping your body in this kind of state of ketosis where it is going and grabbing stored body fat for fuel potentially, it's a great thing if you can make sure your body is in a state where it's not overstressed though. Yes. That's the key. I think at a minimum, what we're doing when we're suggesting that people start with that macronutrient, because I am completely in support of what you've just said. Is not even necessarily thinking like, oh, I've got it. Does this mean I'm eating ketogenically? I think the key here is insulin and making sure that that's regulated. So yesterday, in fact, I got a call from my dad. Very dramatic call. He said, we're on the way to the doctor. And I didn't want to tell you, but I'm having heart problems. I said, well, tell me. Mm -hmm. He said, well, after I exercise, I get uh, cold sweats. I feel weak and shaky and my body kind of shakes. and I feel no energy and I have to lay down. I said, okay, so does this happen when you don't exercise? Well, it happens when I'm active, he says, always in the morning. Mm-hmm. I said, so tell me what you eat. He said, I start with my cereal. Mm-hmm. It's like a smidgen better than Captain Crunch. I have my whole milk. Then I have my V8. Then I have a couple pieces of toast with jam. Jeez. Right? So now I'm like, okay, so let me add this up. So this is like, Dad, this is what you're experiencing. I'm glad you're on the way to the doctor. Talk to your physician. Um, have them run some tests maybe. But I suspect if you changed up your macronutrients in the morning, you're not going to have that insulin. You're having an insulin response would be my guess. And I would start with that. What are you having at night before you go to bed? Says a bowl of ice cream. (laughs) Okay, got it. And I said, do me one more favor. When you get out of your doctor's appointment, I want to know if your doctor asked you about your nutrition. Usually not. And what do you think the answer was? No. No. Yeah, absolutely not. I said, no, sent me for some tests, recommended some medication. Never asked. You know, like so much of what, and I'm a big fan of our physicians. They save lives. So so does medication. But food is medicine. And it's the medicine we're medicating ourselves with every day. So if your doctor doesn't ask you what you're eating and you don't feel well, start with food. Yeah, exactly. That's our first step, you know. And the great news is things are changing. Change does take time, especially when we have conventional medicine. But now we have integrated physicians. We have functional 
MDs. You know, a lot of these people are my friends. Mark Hyman, Dr. Daniel Amen. We're in that, but yeah. you know, like I, you know, I've got friends who live in the Midwest who are also into this, and they listen to your show, they listen to my show, and they're like, I can't find the closest integrative medical professional I can find is like four hours away yeah. with a two month wait list. Yeah, it's crazy. So, what do you what do you think is going to happen there? How can people start to bring, I don't know, the demand in their area. Yeah. You know, well, again, things are changing at a pretty good clip now. But you Mm -hmm. have to also keep in mind that, you know, there are tens of thousands of students right now who are in school for Mm. oncology. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, we we know that it's effective for killing cancer cells, but it's not effective necessarily long term. And also keeping healthy cells uh, on point. So we do have better practices. And even those folks, you know, they're bringing in more integrative approaches with, for example, I'll just share one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a medicinal mushroom called maitake, mm-hmm. and it's been found for folks that are going through chemotherapy to reduce their symptoms and also to help to support their healthy cells. Mm-hmm. All right, so maitake, there's shiitake. Um, but for me personally... Is shiitake different than shiitake? It just pronounced it. Oh, okay. Same thing. Because <laughs> so, I like shiitake mushrooms. Yeah. Um, but these things have been used in Chinese medicine for, you know, Correct. Yeah. Ever. Centuries. And yeah, it's been Ancient a long time. medicine. And so what I wanted to get to my point in bringing up the mushrooms is we don't really realize when we're talking about drugs, medicine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how much of it is was initially based on food. Mm-hmm. And also about 30% of our medications today are based on funguses. Wow. All right. So like mushrooms, for example. Yeah. And so, but we're just getting it heavily synthetic, like down the line somewhere when you can get it from the food itself. Yeah. All right. With all the cofactors that your body can actually recognize. One of the big things... That we look past is just how much you know you you see the new drug commercials and they're just listing all of these side effects yeah that's just how it's supposed to be you know there's it's not even a side effect really it's a direct effect because your body nothing happens in isolation if you're taking a drug for example a statin to try to reduce your cholesterol now we know 30 percent increase in your incidence of diabetes Mm -hmm. because it's affecting your insulin it's affecting your beta cells in your pancreas it's affecting your your synaptic clefts in your brain like it's affecting everything you can't take something that's tr- you're trying to numb the pain in your knee. Yeah. It's not going to affect your heart. Right. You know, so... We are we, a whole person. Yeah. And so we want to be mindful about the stuff we're bringing it in. And food, like you said, is medicine. There are all these wonderful cofactors that enable your body to use the food intelligently yeah. versus like, what the hell do I do with this drug? Right. Yeah. You got this. It comes in. Your liver gets hit the hardest. You know, your liver's responsible for drug metabolism. And so live, even the name, liver, live, mm, like mm. this organ is super important. You living, right? yes. but that's why we experience these side effects. You know, yeah. your liver is kind of kicking out and trying to do the best it can. But, um, but, you know, again, I'm a fan of conventional medicine. Medication mm-hmm. does wonders, but we need to take some steps before we get there. Absolutely. You know, not haphazardly get onto a drug that has all these potential Take responsibility. Yes. For your own nutrition. Speaking of what you said, you know, to fortify your health first thing in the morning, we both mentioned that we start our day with coffee. But what's an alternate that Mm. for those people who, they actually want to chew? (laughs) I get it, right? Yeah. What would you suggest that somebody break their fast with that might help them stay in a balanced insulin state, um, but also fortify health? the opposite of your dad. Right. Oh, yes. Opposite of your dad. <laughs> no, I mean, this is the traditional kind of breakfast we grew up with. You know, you have your cereal, you have your, your toast, orange juice. Man, we had no idea what we were doing to our right? insulin response. And so let me actually encapsulate this because we've talked about this several times. So 
Insulin is really your body's primary fat storing hormone, mm -hmm. all right? So when insulin's released, it's there to literally open up your cells to store energy, aka potential fat. Mm -hmm. That's its job. And it responds most heavily, almost exclusively to carbohydrates. Right. All right, so proteins it can, but you need to have a pretty significant mm -hmm. amount, and then you go through gluconeogenesis, that's a whole other thing. Fat's negligible, almost mm -hmm. no response. Right. So it's not, I'm not saying that you can't get fat eating fat, but it takes more work because number and one- And it takes fat combined with usually a serious increase in anything that's um, you know glycogen and glucose. Yes. And then we, people don't realize that even healthy foods yeah. can, you, we're consuming too much of those things. Our I, ancestors didn't have access to fruit 24 seven and breads yeah. and you know all of these things, even if it's marketed to us as healthy. Yeah, totally different landscape that we're yeah. experiencing, you know, and so- with insulin and being this kind of causative thing with fats. So we have a problem with semantics, really, you know. And so I remember 15 years ago, I'm in the gym, strength conditioning coach with my client, and I'm telling them to eat low-fat fiber bars and just I'm telling them this. Yeah, yeah. And this is what I was taught by my professors. Sure. This is what I was taught by the people who trained me in the strength and conditioning and I would see some people get results, but not as much as I saw later on. Right. And this is because what I was doing was pulling out one of the most important macronutrients. And so because we have a problem with semantics, believing that this word F-A-T, mm -hmm. fat, in food is the same thing as F-A-T, fat on our bodies. That's right. All right. And it's not the same thing. That's like thinking hmm. if you eat blueberries, you're going to turn blue. <laughs> all right. Eating fat does not make you fat. They're two totally different things. And also, you would have to eat a lot. You still have to have a calorie surplus. You know, I've never thought of it that way. I've never thought about part of the reason why so many people have a disconnect from that word yeah. is because we're using the same macronutrient term to describe a body that yes. is out of control. Yes. A body that is, the hormones are unregulated and insulin is too high and an, un, an unhealthy condition. Absolutely. I'm, I'm an advocate. We should change the name. To like, what? Literally lipids we can call it lipids we can call it energy okay um, because that's also your body's primary source of kind of energy conversion so your brain is mostly fat mm -hmm. problem low fat yes. diet guess what you yes. get dumber yes. all right also your you know your skin your nervous system it's like insulation you know what i haven't shared this um i, I don't know if i shared this publicly before but if you look at this cord to our microphone mm -hmm. under this cord are wires right and the wires are conductive, right? They're sending information. And they're also very susceptible. If they didn't have this insulation over it, mm -hmm. if we poured water on it, if it was right. too cold or too hot, it can make it short out. Right. And so with the low-fat diet, fats are like insulation over our nerves and insulation for our nervous system. And so for me, I went through my low-fat phase and I had anxiety, mm -hmm. right? And this mm -hmm. is just totally not me. Right. You know? And it's just like, what is going on? I'm even like feeling the chills because I can't believe I live like that. Mm. And as soon as I started adding some healthy fats to my diet, I started like eating coconut oil, even though my first, because it was like full fat, like saturated fat, I'm like, I'm going to for sure die. Right? <laughs> and so I started consuming these healthy fats, you know, avocados and olives and olive oil and all the stuff that I believe were not good for me. Yeah. And like my anxiety went away. And I'm not saying this is a cure. I'm not saying that at all. But this but is... But take a look at the studies. I yeah. mean, there's so many studies now. And I recently had Dr. Amen on talking about clinical depression and anxiety and how so much of the research coming out now shows that we, not all, but in many cases, that can be eradicated just by changing your diet. Yeah, very, very powerful. And I think it's, you know, like I said, getting back to changing the semantics mm. and stop having this 
hatred or fear of fat because we don't want to end up as fat on our bodies. Yeah, I, I've got a little bit of guilt over that because I definitely know as a fitness professional, I perpetuated that. Yeah, yeah, I lived too. that, you know. I And I always would say to people, I eat clean. And the way back then I defined clean was fat-free. Hmm. Wow, that definition has changed. Yeah. So what's your sixth and final tip for us? Because these All have been right. great. So fortify your health. And uh, oh, by the way, really quick for people like chew stuff. Yeah. So this could be traditional kind of breakfast, but not the cereal, but like eggs and or here's the big key. If you get this, it's going to change the game for you. If we can stop looking at breakfast as breakfast is like dessert, really, you know, so it's turned into that. If you can get some green leafy vegetables in during your first meal, change the game. So this could be Mm. in a green smoothie, but also so this morning, like for with my son. And myself, we sat there, we had breakfast. We had a couple of eggs. We had sautéed spinach and avocado. Mm, nice. All right. I'm seeing an omelet in my future. There you go. <laughs> Call Miss Cleo. <laughs> so having that structure, because here's the thing. When I First thing I said was micronutrients. Yeah. Green leafy vegetables, the mm-hmm. best source of micronutrients we're going to yes, find. Yes, yes, yes. You know, so getting all those great things into my body, my son's body, it keeps us much more stable. We don't have a spike in energy and any crash. Yeah. Because I ate several hours ago. So that's really something to think about. Get a serving of green leafy vegetables in with your breakfast, mm-hmm. or it, include it in an omelet, include it in a green smoothie. It's really going to help you. All right, so number six here. So these are the six Fs. We covered fuel your circulation, feed your mind, focus your power, fire up your metabolism, fortify your health. Yes. Number six is fulfill your mission. Mm. All right, so what is your mission for the day? If you don't have any kind of clue on what that is, how in the world are you going to succeed? How are you going to achieve that thing if you're not clear on what it is? This is one of the reasons why we struggle. We really struggle to get results. We struggle to be productive. We've got to have that big thing. What we do is like, we do like junk Busy. Food. Yeah. Yeah. Junk tasks, mm-hmm. right? Stuff that doesn't really, it's like little nibbles and not doing the stuff that really is going to move the needle for your business mm-hmm. or for your relationship or whatever the case might be, whatever's most important that you're working on. And so I'm a big fan of Brian Tracy, which my wife told you he was your mentor. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Eat the Frog. Yes, you yes. Know? So doing that big, what's the big thing? Yeah. Just get that out of the way first thing in the morning and fulfill your mission. So what does this look like for you? All right. Shalene mentioned that the night before she does certain things. And even she gets out of bed excited because she knows she's got her podcast waiting for her. But she also knows what her big task is for the day. Mm-hmm. All right. So for me, I'll have that top of mind. I like before I go to bed. To have a journal, or I'll have it here on my phone, mm-hmm. of like, what is the big thing I'm going to accomplish tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And I'll find a way to really cue in some excitement about it, cue in some kind of like reward-oriented thing. Like, once I do this, I'm going to do this. Because it's not everything you want to do. Right. You know? right. Most of our work, fortunately, we do like to do. But some stuff, not necessarily. Yeah. And so, but I have that in my mind, and I let my my psychology work on that while I'm sleeping. Yes. All right? You're kind of subconscious. Yes. And people have had this experience work in a weird, negative way. You know, you maybe fall asleep watching, I don't know, The Simpsons. And okay. you wake up and, you know, you're in your dream. Like, you're like yes. walking in Homer's yes. shoes or whatever. Like, Mo is your boy. I, I don't swear know. I have got I got better snowboarding one time because I had, like, an intense dream about it. Mm. I literally, the next day, I was like, I'm a better snowboarder because of that dream. Mm. Wow. I swear. We could do a whole thing just talking about <laughs> dreams. All right? We really could. So, and by the way, these, I'll just share this little piece. Dreams are, this is your brain. Yeah. It's making this kind of cool little movie for you. But there's also many important processes that's taking place. When we're dreaming, specifically during 
our REM sleep, there's something called memory processing taking place. So this is where the things you're learning, even right now with us, gets converted into your short-term memory. So it really starts to kind of get consolidated and put away. Yeah. Like if you think about the movie Inside Out, I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. that one, it's a cartoon. Oh. Um, really, got somebody shaking their head mm-hmm. here in the studio, yes. But stuff is kind of getting filed away, and it's making it so that it's available for easy access versus mm-hmm. put somewhere where it's like the cobwebs and that kind of thing. So, But dreams are helping you to, by the way, again, like I'm looking at the analytical, like the how science. can we make sense of this? Yeah. And it's a way for you to figure problems out. But you're like, I don't have a problem with being on a, a pirate ship with Shaquille O'Neal or whatever, <laughs> like some weird, crazy thing. But your your brain is actually doing that. And yeah. it's trying to figure things out. And there's also a subconscious processing of data happening. That's so yeah. So it's like we could just talk all about that, but I just want you to keep in mind, get clear on what your mission is for the next day. Is that this last step is really about clarity right yes, yes and and so i think most people would lump this into because i very much practice this on a nightly basis i i have a smart life push journal before i go to bed i write down i think about my big mission which might be in the next 90 days i want to accomplish and then i list out three little things that take me less than 10 minutes that i'm going to do the next day that move me to help fulfill that big mission. Three little things, I write them down, and then I lay my journal across my sink in my bathroom because the habit I already have is brushing my teeth. Mm -hmm. So I can't brush my teeth without moving that journal, and I don't allow myself to brush my teeth until I take the next day. I take those three things, and I figure out where am I going to schedule these in my day. And then it's helping me to be productive, but help us make the connection. How does this help us with fat loss? Mm. So not everything is direct with fat loss. Uh-huh. All right? So the other pieces getting leading up to this, now it's like, let's take that momentum, take all of the... You're already in a great metabolic state. Yeah. All right. So now you can go and actually execute on your day. I would dare say that this does help with fat loss because when you don't have clarity of direction, because this is about direction. Oh, yeah. Oh, my This goodness. is about waking yeah. up and knowing, okay, this is about going to bed at night and going, I did a million things, but three of them were of critical importance. Yeah. And when you don't have clarity, you don't feel good about yourself. You feel confused. You, and when we Stress. feel confused and stressed, what do we do? Mm-hmm. We eat. Mm-hmm. And we store fat. And so I think, you know, people think of these things in terms of, like you said at the top, it's not just about being productive. It's realizing that our habits can either make us healthy or unhealthy. Absolutely. You just said it. You want to know something that's terrible for fat loss? stress mm. all right we can either we can overeat our way into fat we mm-hmm. can under exercise or under move our way into being overweight mm-hmm. and i've done all of these by the way and we can undersleep our way or we can overstress our way fat yeah and so it's just like how is that even possible i've done like super like consolidated master classes on this subject matter so i'll just share one thing really quickly please so how does stress do this everybody's heard about cortisol now mm-hmm. and just how problematic it can be. I'm telling you now, cortisol is not the problem. Cortisol is mm. actually really, really important for being alive. We mentioned earlier about the thyroid and how things come full circle. But yeah. your thyroid, which is your body's kind of metabolic governor, really yeah. controlling your metabolism, it can't function without cortisol. Right. All right. So it needs cortisol. The problem is when cortisol is produced at the wrong time and in the wrong amounts. And so Elevating your stress levels via turning cortisol up because you're distracted, you're lost, you're not focused on your goals, you're getting pulled in 10 different directions, you don't really have a sense of purpose and grounded. Mm -hmm. I can go on and on of the different ways it's going to affect you. 
when cortisol rises and it becomes and it gets into a state of chronic stress, mm-hmm. it can literally, it's a process called gluconeogenesis. Yeah. This cortisol can trigger a breakdown of your valuable muscle tissue that we talked about as the metabolic machinery on your mm-hmm. body. It can break your muscle tissue down and turn it into glucose. It can turn the lean, healthy protein that you're eating and thinking, well, I'm doing this because I'm building muscle. But if you're in a state of stress, that same process can turn protein into stored glucose and yeah. glycogen. And I think and a lot of people what? don't realize that. With that, gly- with that glucose increase, it turns on insulin, yeah, which gets stored in just like that whole cycle. vicious cycle. And so people would come in my clinic and they're like, all right, Sean, what should I eat? Or what supplement should I take? And once I got past all that stuff, because being a nutritionist, I was always like, food is everything, food first. But instead, I start to really look at people's lives. And yeah. everybody's different, I swear. There are people who are eating an amazing diet, they're doing the exercise, but stress was the reason mm-hmm. that they could not get the weight off or that they could not get off their lisinopril or their metformin or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. And once we implemented things clinically proven that work for them to deal with their stress, to improve their sleep quality, finally the weight would come off. Yeah. But we don't think that stress can make us fat because it's invisible. Right. You know? Right. And it's not something you can do necessarily. Like, I can not eat a meal or I can eat this uh, lean pocket instead of the hot pocket or I can exercise my way. I can beat myself into submission instead of backing off. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people come in the gym and it's just like, you don't need to work out. You need to work in. Right. right? You need to really get your inner game together and help to start to deal with this stress because this is what's really keeping you from your goals. Maybe don't go on a diet, put your life on a diet, oh. right? Gotta take yes. some things off your proverbial plate. I oh, agree. Man. Well, this has been incredibly powerful as usual. You just give people such great simple takeaways like here's the ultimate, but here's where you can start and that's so helpful because you sometimes need an on-ramp and this isn't about perfection, it's about Progress. doing your best, right? Just Absolutely. practicing these things and layering them and um I love it cuz I feel like sitting here like a little bit of a know-it-all. I'm like, "Mhm, I do this. Mhm, I do this." But I didn't do all these things at once. These each took me some time to develop as habits. Yeah, exactly. So make it a practice to develop these things as habits. Sean, where can people learn more about you? Besides listening to you, of course, and subscribing to The Model Health Show. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so The Model Health Show, that is my, my favorite thing in the world to work on. Uh, outside of my family being a, a father and a husband, I really, really love doing this show. And we do master classes. So whatever particular thing you're interested in, whether it's improving your sleep, whether it is weight loss, Treatments for depression, uh, whatever it is, we've got some great stuff for you. Where can they learn more about that? So wherever you're listening to this incredible podcast, The Shaleen Show, you can find The Model Health Show. So iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Or my home online is themodelhealthshow.com. And so we do videos of the shows as well. And you come hang out with me in my studio. Also, when I'm on location with beautiful people like Shaleen. So you can check me out there. And um, you can find all my other stuff there. My book, Sleep Smarter, which... Amazing. When I first met you, mm-hmm. uh, well, our first time doing a show together, Sleep Smarter was just about to come out. It's yeah. now international bestseller, 16 different language translations, wow. whatever. It's crazy. It's helped so many people. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's bananas. So I'm really, really uh, grateful that I've got to be a kind of conduit to it's get legacy. the message out. Yeah. Legacy stuff. So. So we are so lucky to have Sean here as a guest. Reach out to him. Do me a favor. Reach out to him on social media. Let him know that you listened to the show. And let him know what your favorite takeaway was and maybe even one habit that you're focused on developing for yourself. Thanks so much for being here. You are the bomb.com, and we'll talk to you soon. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. 
If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com.